Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place Carrollwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. How many ready for the main point? The main point is prayer leads to evangelism. Prayer leads to evangelism. I'm going to tell you a story. I'm just going to just read because I don't have much time. But I'm going to tell you a story of a group of people called the Moravians. Raise your hand if you don't know who the Moravians are across the room. Moravians? Good. Okay. I'm so glad. (laughs) You're in for a treat. On August 27, 1727, a prayer meeting started in Hernhut, Germany. This prayer meeting lasted over a hundred years. It didn't stop for a hundred years. 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, a hundred years. This prayer meeting went on to change the world. The story begins when Protestant refugees from the Catholic country of Moravia and the legacy reformer of John Huss came to Germany and settled on the land of Count Zinzendorf. The community was soon attacked by division and disagreement. How many guys know churches that are attacked by division and disagreement? Anybody? Yeah. But the 27-year-old Zinzendorf cried out to God for reconciliation and for revival. Then God spoke to him, Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually. It shall not go out. Fire shall be kept burning on the altar continually, and it shall not go out. Leviticus chapter 6, verse 13. Days later, on August 13, 1727, a wave of repentance and revival swept through the community. The Holy Spirit was dramatically poured out with signs and wonders and supernatural love for each other. The scriptures and most supremely for Jesus. His glory became their urgent desire. The community adopted a radical new model for community life which included a perpetual corporate prayer assembly in the spirit of Leviticus 6.13. They all committed to hourly prayer watches by which they arranged the community to cover the entire 24 hours of the day. Let me say this again. As a result of this dramatic move of the Holy Spirit, this small refugee community started 24-7 prayer that lasted over 100 years. What conviction gripped their hearts? In a nutshell, it can be found in the story of the first two Moravian missionaries who were sent from the Hernhut community. In 1732, five years later, after the initial outpouring of the Holy Spirit, two Moravian tradesmen, 36-year-old David Nitschkam and 26-year-old Johann Leohard, Duber, became the first missionaries to leave Hernhut. 
They heard of the plight of African slaves on the island of St. Thomas in the Caribbean and how there was a spiritual hunger, but they had no one to share the gospel with them. They heard the plight of African slaves on the island of St. Thomas in the Caribbean and how there was spiritual hunger, but they had no one to share the gospel with them. They determined to go by any means necessary, even when they were told they would have to sell themselves into slavery in order to minister among the slaves. Did you hear me? These two young tradesmen sold themselves into slavery so they can go and share the love of God among slaves. According to the story that has stirred missionary zeal all over the world for the past near 300 years, as they stood on the ship departing from the bay, looking for what they believed to be the last time on the faces of their loved ones, they raised their fists and cried, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his sufferings. They're on the edge of the boat. I can imagine they see their mom, their brothers. They're saying goodbye as the ship is leaving the bay, knowing that this is the last time they're going to see their friends, their family, everyone that they care about, their entire world. They're about to leave. To be, they have sold themselves into slavery with no chance of coming back home. And their only chant, their only cry is, may the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his sufferings. You and I want a lot of things. A lot of us want a lot of good things. We want love, we want family, we want community, we want fellowship. A lot of us want a good home. We want, you know, nice, decent cars to drive. And we, we don't want bad things. A lot of us want really good things. I'll tell you what God wants. God wants souls. God wants people. We are the one thing that he does not own by right. Think about it. Everything else in all of creation, God owns by right. He is the creator. He can take anything creation by force if he wanted to. However, the one thing that he cannot take by force is human hearts. He built free will into the human heart so that he can have the ability to love another. Because without free will, we can never love God. Because love, when you boil it all the way down to its core feature, to its core description, love is choice. So you are the only place that the God of the universe can experience this one thing called desire. You are the only place in the known universe where God actually can experience want. Because everything else he owns. But you, not you, you must give your heart to him daily. Daily you must give your heart to him. This is the reward that Jesus died for. You were the treasure 
that he gave everything for. The Bible says that the kingdom of heaven is like a man who finds a treasure hidden in a field. And what he does is he goes and sells all of his possessions to come and buy this field. Because to him, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I'll give up everything just so I can have that treasure. So we must understand that there are people out there that don't know the love of God. They are his treasure. And he deserves the reward of his sufferings. Are you playing, Mama? Is it on? <laughs> yeah, I know. Let me give you some wisdom from the Moravians. The first piece of wisdom that I have to share from the Moravians is that these folks, they had a simple Christ-centered message. It was common among the Moravians that they would just say this one passage. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 2. Christ and him crucified. Earlier missionaries attempted to persuade people by offering elaborate proofs of the existence of God in the style of theology lecture. Zinzendorf, however, urged the missionaries to tell the story of Jesus Christ. There was a turning point which caused them to emphasize the story of Jesus. In spite of several years of hard work, the missionaries in Greenland did not convert any natives. However, the time came when the message of the missionaries was finally received because they had abandoned the abstract preaching of theological doctrine and simply began to start preaching Jesus Christ. When Karanak, a native of Greenland, heard the story of Jesus, he came forward with an eager question. What is that? Tell me what that is again. <laughs> when, the, when the missionaries of the Moravians started to preach, they, they were having this like cool theological, try to be trendy, try to be like, you know, uh, try to be inviting with their theological, you know, impressiveness. But they weren't saving anybody, trying to be impressive. Instead, their focus was to simply start preaching Jesus. And what happened was there was a moment of breakthrough where this guy Karanak said, wait, what's Jesus? Who is that? What is that? Tell me about that again. It's like a man who had never heard the name of Jesus before when the word Jesus was echoed for the first time. It's like he heard something that he needed to hear his entire life. Another thing that the Moravians uh, lived by is not just a Christ-centered message, but dependence on the Holy Spirit. Moravians dependent upon the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. They believe that it is the Holy Spirit who searches for the souls of lost people. And it is he, the Holy Spirit, that opens their heart to respond to the preaching of the missionary. In this case, the Holy Spirit is the only missionary and human beings are agents of the Spirit. Missionaries are simply sent to those whom the Spirit has already prepared to accept the Lord Jesus. 
Ah, yeah, I'll say that's so good, right? I'll read that again. Can I read that again? <laughs> Moravians depended on the presence and the work of the Holy Spirit. They believe that it is the Holy Spirit who searches the souls for his lost people and opens their hearts to respond to the teaching of the, mission, the preaching of the missionary. In this sense, the Holy Spirit is the only missionary and human beings are agents of the Spirit. Missionaries are simply sent to whom the Spirit has already prepared to accept the Lord Jesus. You have no idea who the Holy Spirit is preparing for salvation. You have no idea who the Holy Spirit's been working on and preparing to accept Jesus. And you know what? It's not your job to know. It's your job to tell. It's your job to tell the story of what God did to you, what God has done for you, what God has done in you and through you. That's your job. Your job is to simply say what Jesus has done for your life and let the Holy Spirit do the rest. Last thing I'll say. They were a Christ-centered message people. They were dependent on the power of the Holy Spirit. And they were fervent in prayer. When spiritual revival occurred in August 13, 17, 27, the spirit of grace and supplication was poured out upon the congregation of Hernhut. The thought struck some brothers and sisters that it might be well to set apart a certain times for hours for the purpose of prayer. On August 26, 24 brothers and sisters came together and committed to one hour each to pray. And since then, they had begun a round-the-clock prayer watch for 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. This prayer meeting would go on to last over 100 years. Prayer leads to evangelism. Because the more you pray the more God is going to burden you with what he is burdened with. The more you pray, the more God is going to put in your heart what matters to his heart. And you will quickly realize that lost people matter to Jesus. They matter to him. Every single one of you knows lost people. So my uh, charge for you at the end of this series about preaching the good news is to start praying for those who you know are lost. Start praying for them. It's like, God, touch them with your love. God, just go out right now. Holy Spirit, start, start touching them with the love of Jesus. Speak to them with dreams in the night. And then God, use me, if necessary, to share the good news with them. And that's it. Ask the Holy Spirit to start touching their hearts. And then just tell God that you are willing to be the one to share the good news when their heart is ready. And if everyone does that, if every believer does that, the whole world will get saved. We complicate this thing way too much. If everyone reaches one, and then if everyone reaches one, and then if everyone reaches one, everyone will be reached. <laughs> it's that simple. But I would, be, um, I would be doing you a disservice if I didn't give you this opportunity. Some of you are here that you've been following Jesus a long time, and hey, that's great. 
But there's some of you that are here that uh, maybe feel that you've just been uh, apart from God for a long time. And you just want to reconnect your life to him. Some of you are here that this is new to you and you're just trying to figure out what this God thing is all about. And that's fine too. Um, But if you don't mind, can everyone please stand to your feet? We're going to pray together. There is no prayer in the Bible that initiates salvation. But there are a couple verses in the Bible that talk about what does it mean to be saved. Well, there's one in the book of Romans, chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, that if anyone confesses with their mouth and believes with their heart that God raised Jesus from the grave, they shall be saved. For it's with your heart that you, if it's with your mouth that you confess and are justified, and it's with your heart you believe and are saved. So, The Bible also says that anyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How is it this simple? How is it this easy? Jesus died to make it this simple, and he died to make it this easy. You and I have the gift of eternal life. We have the gift of not fearing what happens after death. But it didn't come for free. It came for by Jesus spilling his blood on the cross. So let's just say a prayer together, huh? Jesus, here I am. Come on, let's just say it all together. Jesus, here I am. I'd like to get to know you more. So please come and live inside my heart. And reveal yourself more to me every day. Come, Lord Jesus, and make your home in me. I receive you as my friend, my savior, and my king. I give my life to you because you gave your life to me. In Jesus' name. He is coming back very soon. What matters is that we're ready. Thank you for listening to this podcast from The Resting Place, Carolwood. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.